the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And good morning. I'm Gary Randall. Thank you so much for joining me today. It's Friday, April the 16th, 2021, in the year of our Lord. Today, on April 16, 2007, in one of America's worst school attacks, a college senior killed 32 people on the campus of Virginia Tech. Then he took his own life. Today, in 1789, President-elect George Washington left Mount Vernon, Virginia. He um, headed out on his horse for his inauguration in New York. Today, in 1862, during the Civil War, President Abraham Lincoln signed a bill ending slavery in the District of Columbia. Today, in 1867, aviation pioneer Wilbur Wright, he was born in Melville, Indiana. His brother, uh, Orville, I think he was younger. He was about five years younger, but I know he was born in Dayton, Ohio, so the family had moved by that time. Today, in 1917, Vladimir Lenin, he returned to Russia to start the Bolshevik Revolution. Today, in 1922, I thought you should know this, Annie Oakley shot 100 clay targets, they say. We used to call them clay pigeons. I guess that wouldn't be wouldn't be politically correct today. I don't know why, but it, anyway, those clay pigeon type things, targets. She shot 100 of them in a row. Didn't miss a one. She set a woman's record. That was today in 1922. Today in 1963, Martin Luther King Jr. wrote his letter from Birmingham jail in which he was responding to a group of local clergymen who had criticized him for leading street protests. King defended his tactics writing in this letter from the Birmingham jail, injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere. And today in 1972, Apollo 16 blasted off on its voyage to the moon. There was a pretty heated exchange yesterday. National Institutes of Health Director Dr. Anthony Fauci, he's the highest paid employee in federal government. He makes more than the president. I believe he gets his salary is $427,000 a year. I, I believe that's what it, I know it's more than the president. Anyway, he was uh, testifying in front of the House Select Subcommittee on Coronavirus yesterday. And he was being questioned by a number of people, but Republican Congressman Jim Jordan, who is calm, cool, and collected, an outstanding man of character and an incredible conservative politician. Republican Congressman Jim Jordan. He kept questioning Dr. Fauci, who wouldn't give him any kind of a timeline when Americans could go back to their normal lives. Fauci had been talking about normal lives. And he made the point that it doesn't look, he said, I don't look at the pandemic as a liberty thing like some of you guys do. 
So Jordan said, well, when do Americans get their freedom back, according to science? He said, what would be, and, and Fauci kept hedging. He said, why, well, I don't know for sure. It's all about flattening the curve, and it's all about how much you people, you know, stay home and do what you're supposed to do. And Jordan got a little upset, to say the least. He kept asking him. I don't think he was trying to goad him. He was really trying, he said, from a point of view of science. And he said, Dr. Fauci, what is your best guess? He said, when are we going to get to a point where we can get our lives back? Well, (laughs) Fauci said, and he got a little heated himself. He said, when we get the level of infection in this country low enough, that it's really not high. Well, (laughs) Jordan is a pretty smart guy. He said, well, what is low enough? He said, just give me a number. He said, we had 15 days to slow the spread, and that turned into a year of lost liberty. He said, what metrics, what measures, what has to happen before Americans get more freedom? My message, Congressman, and by that time, Fauci was very upset, He said, my message, Congressman Jordan, is to get as many people vaccinated as quickly as we possibly can to get the level of infection in this country low, that it is no longer a threat. That's when, he said, very animated. He said, I don't look at this as a liberty thing, Congressman Jordan, like you do. He said, I I look at this as a public thing, a public health thing. I disagree with you on that completely. Well, maybe he does. But I know one thing. I identified with Congressman Jordan. I'm getting sick and tired of being jerked around by these people who are not even elected and are running the country. And more importantly, they're deciding what liberties we can have and what liberties we can't have. This whole thing is unconstitutional. And I think America, in general, has pretty much said, look, We don't want this. I don't want to get coronavirus. I believe it's real. I know there are those that deny that it exists. Obviously, it exists. But we went along with it. And a year ago, we were told a couple of weeks, we got to flatten the curve and all that nonsense. Well, I mean, do they know what they're doing or do they not? If they don't, let's just say so. Let's stop paying them all this money to be deciding what liberties and freedoms we as Americans have. We have a Constitution, and the Constitution lays that out very clearly. And we don't need an unelected czar of some kind telling us what our freedoms are and what they are not. You say, well, Gary, you're over overstating this. You're just a little bit upset about it this morning. Well, as you look at the statistics, suicides, especially among young, are up. Reports of uncontrollable anxiety are way up and on and on it goes. America is has a severe headache, an anxiety attack from the way this has been handled from the get-go. I understand that it's not his fault any more than it's Donald Trump's fault that coronavirus visited America. If anybody is at fault, it's China. And we all know it, but we can't say it because it's not politically correct. This impacts every ordinary people's lives. This isn't just a thing that's happening in Washington, D.C. Yesterday on Cairo Radio's Dory Monson show, I know some of you who listen to this program listen to that program. 
he interviewed Kayla. This is affecting her for sure. It has been said that if it rains, I think it's only said in on the west side of the Cascades in the northwest, but it has been said that if it rains on your wedding day, that's good luck. There's a saying, maybe you've heard that. I've I've heard it. I don't I don't I I've never said that, but I have heard others say that. But what about when the governor rolls back your county because of the global pandemic? Your new phase doesn't allow big gatherings. Kayla shared her thoughts with Monson yesterday on his show. Governor Inslee rolled back Pierce County restrictions 24 hours before her wedding this weekend. Makes her special day a nightmare. Pierce County is one of the three counties that will roll back from Phase 3 to Phase 2 on Friday. That's today. Cowlitz and Whitman counties in Washington State are also rolling back, according to the governor, who is an elected official. But in Phase 2, capacity for retail stores, worship services, indoor dining, fitness centers, gyms, salons, and various other forms of indoor entertainment is reduced to 25% down from 50% permitted in Phase 3. Kate Brown does the same thing in Oregon. I mean, it's bizarre. Just out of the blue, boom. Nope, you can't, you can't worship today. We'll, we'll let you know. If you can worship tomorrow together, we'll let you know. Outdoor social gatherings in Phase 2 are limited to 15 people from outside of your household with a maximum of two total households permitted to be in attendance. Kayla says she was already stressed out while trying to plan a wedding and all of this with all the restrictions, and now this. She said, I was immediately devastated and got on the phone to call the governor's office. Kayla says she was able to reach somebody there, was a staff member at the governor's office. She said, I tried to explain to them the weddings, I mean, all all of the deposits have been made, the wedding is ready, we're doing it like, I think it's tomorrow. And isn't there any way that you can give me some kind of flexibility on this. We're all in on this. The person on the phone said, or she told the person, she said, I just don't think the governor has considered people like us, (laughs) us ordinary folks. She said, could we at least just move forward because our wedding was planned before this phase three rollbacks? The person in the governor's office, the staff person said, I'm sorry, I don't know what to tell you. I'll relay your message to the governor. Kayla says she's vaccinated. Most of her guests are vaccinated. She said all of the vendors now are worried that they might be fined $1,000 if they show up tomorrow for her wedding. They're afraid they'll lose their business licenses. That's the kind of an environment that this is created by people who really don't know what they're doing as Fauci said, I don't care about liberty. I'm just going with the science. Well, the science keeps changing, and that's the problem. And I think there's more than a small growing resentment toward our lives being jerked around by people who honestly don't know what they're doing. They have no principled basis. Maybe they can study stuff in a scientific lab, but they certainly should not be running a country. And some of the governors should not be leading a state because their whole basis of their worldview is based on 
an evolving, changing, relativistic point of view. And that does not make for good law and good governance. Other than that, I have no opinion on that subject. <laughs> Yesterday, uh, a group of far-left Democrats standing in front of the U.S. Supreme Court building, they launched a legislative effort to pack the Supreme Court by adding four new justices. We knew that was coming. I've talked about it on this program. A move that far-left radicals are celebrating from Chelsea Clinton to AOC. They all like this. The effort was led by House Judiciary Committee Chairman Gerald Nadler, Jerry Nadler. He says that he will never forget, and he says it with a scowly face. He said, I'll never forget how the Republicans rammed through the confirmation of Brett Kavanaugh and Amy Coney Barrett. I don't know that we rammed through, or they rammed through those justices, but they were highly qualified people, and they withstood the attempt to destroy them by the left, particularly Brett Kavanaugh. Senator Ed Markey is joined with Jerry Nadler. He says, we're here today, he told the press yesterday, standing in front of the Supreme Court building. We're here today because the United States Supreme Court is broken. It's out of balance. It needs to be fixed. Does he mean fixed as in repaired or fixed as in predetermining a judicial outcome? And can they really pull this off? I'm going to talk to you a little bit about that today, but First, I want to thank you for your support of this ministry. To all of you all across Washington State, Yakima, Tri-Cities, Spokane, Wenatchee, I mean, you name it, and Seattle, and some in Tucson, Arizona. Thank you for putting up the money to allow this program to go on KPDQ in Portland, which covers the, the metro area, a part of Oregon on the coast, I think Hood River is covered, and certainly um, Clark County and the southwest part of Washington State. To all of you who are helping us and you're continuing to do so to launch this, which it is launched, we're on KPDQ now, I want to thank you for standing with me. Otherwise, I would be standing alone and my voice wouldn't even be on the radio today. Thank you so much. And to those of you who are listening on KPDQ, I want you to know that the, these people put up the money because they thought you would feel about this program as they do, that it's worthwhile, that it's something that should be on the radio. Our address is Box 399, Bellevue, Washington, 98009. Box 399, Bellevue, Washington, 98009. I would encourage you in the Portland, southwest Washington area, to join us if you feel that God would have you to be a part of what we're doing. We originate live every morning. This is not something in the can that we ship out once a month and they play. There's a place for that. I'm not criticizing it. I'm just saying that's not what we're doing. We create this program every day. Some of you hear it a little bit delayed, but it's, it's new and live and hopefully fresh every day. So thank you for supporting us. We need your support. Thank you so much. Senator Markley, he continued with his talk yesterday. He said, expanding the Supreme Court rights the wrongs the Republicans have done to this great court. 
that would be putting Brett Kavanaugh and Amy Coney Barrett and probably Neil Gorsuch on the Supreme Court. He said expanding the Supreme Court is equal justice and will ensure equal justice is dispensed to all Americans. That isn't true. Equal justice is justice according to our laws and justice according to the Constitution of the United States. And the people that they want to put on the court and those that they have, Barack Obama, Sodia Meyer, and, and those folks, they don't really look at the Constitution as anything other than an evolving document, a living document, as they call it, evolving, and it needs to be interpreted as to what it actually means today, not when the founders framed it and wrote it. And that's a lot of difference from wanting to stay true to the Constitution, believing it was an unusual and blessed, many of us believe, blessed document. So they're calling, they're calling that fixing the court. And I think they're right. The outcome will be fixed every single time. Judiciary Chairman Jerry Nadler has never really gotten over his anger from the Kavanaugh hearing, which was more, more of a trial than a hearing. It was brutal. You remember that. He was particularly angry about Amy Coney Barrett being seated on the court because he couldn't find anything to take her on about it. Besides, she's a woman and if he wants to be politically correct, he didn't want to do that. Maybe, maybe not. It doesn't matter. I don't know. Nadler says it was the Republicans who packed the court with maneuvers such as blocking the confirmation of Merritt Garland, former President Obama's Supreme Court pick, and ramming through, these are his words, ramming through Amy Coney Barrett's confirmation just before the presidential election. He said, we're not packing the court, we're unpacking the court. No, they're not. They're trying to pack the court. Nobody believes him. Even the left doesn't believe him, but if it works, the end always justifies the means with the so-called progressive. Most clear-thinking people, like us ordinary folks out here, we don't really believe they can pull this off that quickly. Most think it's a long shot at this point. But most of us clear-thinking people, we're just ordinary, simple folks out here, we're also pretty sure that Biden could not sit in his basement for months on end and publicly stumble over nearly every little speech he gave and be elected president of the United States. After all, he'd failed twice before, had to pull out both times he ran. But the left is making a big deal yesterday out of the number 13. This, as Biden, seems impossible and unlikely, but I think it's likely. And I'll tell you why. They're making a big deal out of this number 13, the number of justices they want on the Supreme Court. Yeah, they want to take it from 9 to 13. That will give them the majority immediately because Joe Biden will pick them, and they'll tell Joe which ones to pick. I can tell you that. They're noting that the number of the Supreme Court justices was changed six times before settling on nine back in 1869. They also say the number 13 is timely because it reflects how the number of appellate courts in America has grown from 9 to 13 over time. Representative Mondaire Jones, he's a black freshman lawmaker from New York, he says, quote, The Supreme Court has been an accomplice to voter suppression and creating a path for the far right to remain in power. Really? Why are we not in power then? 
He says, today begins a new era in terms of the Supreme Court. In order to succeed with this effort, they have presented what they call the Judiciary Act of 2021. To move this bill through, they would have to get 60-vote majority to pass it in the Senate, unless the Democrats abolish the filibuster, which some of them are threatening to do. If they do that, a simple majority would be needed, with the tie-breaking vote of the vice president, and every Democrat supports them. This could be done, but today, every Democrat is not on board. Nancy Pelosi came out yesterday, after they had done this press release and all, and she said, well, I don't support this at this time. I don't think this is what we should do. But she always added, at this time. Last night, uh, the House Minority Leader, Kevin McCarthy, if the Republicans were in the majority in the House of Representatives, he, not she, Nancy Pelosi, would be Speaker of the House. So he's kind of the second-ranking guy there. And he's a good guy. I like him for everything I've ever seen and what he says and so on. He was suggesting, he was on uh, Sean Hannity last night on Fox, and he was saying that, uh, he said this, this, this opponents of court packing should not rest easy despite the fact, he said, that House Speaker Nancy Pelosi has pledged not to pursue Democrat proposals to expand the number of justices on the U.S. Supreme Court. She kind of said that yesterday after these guys gave their press conference. But, he said, they want to remove all officers from the police department as well, and they don't say that. They just do it. He said, now we're finding they want to dismantle the Supreme Court because they're trying to dissolve the American way. He said, think about it, three co-equal branches, views, he said, going forward, that are unconstitutional, like a D.C. statehood, is the Supreme Court that would stand up for the American people. <clears throat> he says, so they want to pack the court to protect their, their power. Well, of course they do, and that's exactly what they're doing. Then McCarthy said this. He said, it's all about one thing. It's about control. And he said, do not trust Nancy Pelosi when she says she will not move it, move the bill forward. She said, well, I don't think I'm going to move it forward at this time. He said, remember <clears throat> that... What she said about impeachment before she moved impeachment twice against President Trump. He said, we've watched her time and time again to come to what the, the socialists actually asked for. She surrendered to the socialists many times before, and she's going to do it again. So you're going to not hear a lot about this because the press understands that many conservatives, most, I think most people across the country. I, I, polls will come out over the next couple of days. But I think most people across the country really don't want the left fiddling with the Supreme Court. Even Ruth Bader Ginsburg, just before she died, and boy, she was the premier, the primo, far left, radical, leftist, progressive. She said, no, I, I think it would be a terrible mistake. Just, I think, days before she died. She said, I think it would be a terrible mistake to change the number of justices on the Supreme Court. I, I don't want them to do that. Others, other leftist people, I mean, far left, they're saying, no, this is, don't do this. It's going to backfire. It's not going to be good. It's not good politically. It's not good for the country. But the Ocasio-Cortez and the Bernie Sanders and all of these people that really want to make us into a socialist nation, they're rushing to do this. 
all they care about, honestly, is power. That's all they care about. They can say they want to do the best for America. That's not true. That's a lie. You watch their what they're doing. The Bible is clear on that we should not have a judgmental spirit, but we are told to evaluate the fruit of people's lives. And this is one of those instances where it's easy to do. You look at these people and what they're trying to do to America, they're trying to dismantle the most blessed, the most prosperous, the most free nation in the history of the world because God has blessed us. And they're trying to dismantle it. Someday time will be no more. Christ will return. He will rule and reign on this earth a thousand years. The Bible is very clear about that. And we won't have the the construct that we have now of, of government and so on. But this is not that day. And God has given us national sovereignty and boundaries and language and culture because God says in Acts that he's very near in the book of Acts. He's very near to us. And that is God's way of communicating to reaching the world. He wants nations. The Bible is very clear on that at this time. These people are trying to dismantle a nation that God has blessed. No, we're not perfect. Of course we're not perfect. Senator Dick Durbin, normally a dependable progressive, he goes with them every time, but he's saying that he's really not ready to endorse this bill. He thinks Biden's approach of a study by a commission is a better path. Biden had asked for a commission just the day before. These guys come out and say, no, we want it now. What they're going to do, I would suggest, and this is, of course, will be on record, but I could be wrong, but what they'll do is they'll not allow this to move forward, as Nancy said yesterday, Pelosi said yesterday. What they'll do is they'll wait for this study 180 days from now. They'll test the water politically, and then they'll move this forward. They are determined to pack the court and make it something other than what it is, to make it an activist tool for the far left to further undermine the very foundations of this nation. That's what's going on here. It's interesting that Thomas Jefferson, when he was pondering justice, he once said this, and I think it's a good note to leave this on this morning. Can the liberties of a nation be thought security secure when we have removed their only firm basis, a conviction in the minds of the people that these liberties are the gift of God, that they are not to be violated, but with his wrath? Indeed, I tremble for my country when I reflect that God is just, and his justice cannot sleep forever. The culture is fractured. It's broken in many respects. The more a nation, our nation moves toward God and his word, the more just and equitable our nation becomes. The more we remove ourselves from God and his word, the more unjust our nation becomes. Isaiah describes it like this, none calleth for justice nor pleadeth for truth. They trust in vanity and speak lies They conceive mischief and bring forth iniquity. You know what the answer to all of this is? We need a revival, a renewal from Almighty God. So when you pray today, pray for America, that God will send his spirit across this nation and restore our souls, restore our thoughts. And in doing so, when a renewal happens to the people, our culture will also be renewed. 
Thank you so much for being with me today. Have a wonderful weekend. Do something fun. And if you live here in the Northwest, enjoy the weather. And uh, we'll look forward to seeing you right here on Monday.